Welcome to Game Over International for day 14 of our coverage of the Beijing Winter Olympics. I'm Andrew Berkshire, as always, your host, and I'm here with my guest, Patrick Bexel, live from Sweden. And we've got some uh, amazing amount of hockey talk to bring to the table today because the men's quarterfinals have begun and the semifinals are about to begin tonight. And also we've got the women's gold medal game happening tonight. So it's a lot of hockey talk, not a lot of metal talk for Canada overnight, but that's all right. They're setting up for the hockey stuff. Indeed. And uh, it was it was a good start of of, of the quarterfinals with we, we can debate if it's an upset or not, but uh, Slovakia beating US in in the shootout. And uh, we know all the time that US wins the shootout, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the biggest story of the day, uh, obviously. We'll cover Canada's win over China and uh, the fact that they're set to face Sweden uh, in a couple hours now, I guess. So it's going to be 8.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, whereas we're live at 6 a.m. But uh, we'll, let's cover the U.S. first, because based on U.S. odds makers, uh, which, you know, might be a tad biased because of where they're taking their money from and have to cover some level of uh, bets, uh, the U.S. was a heavy favorite going into this game and i think there's a like a an idea of coming into it thinking that oh slovakia stole this one and maybe there's some score effects you know in there but the shots were relatively even 37 35 in favor of slovakia and yes slovakia did tie it up with 44 seconds left which is incredible uh the play of Juraj uh, Slavkovsky loomed large goal scorer on the first one and then in front of the net on the tying goal. But Slovakia also, according to the Olympics website on CBC, did not get a power play in that game, whereas the U.S. got three. So they had an uphill battle in this one, lost 62% of the faceoffs, and they still managed to outdo the shot battle. And win the game. So, like, incredible amount of credit to Slovakia. And I, I was talking about it with Patrick before we went live. Uh, Miro Shatan tweeted that uh, the kids that I guess he coaches or are in, is involved with in some way, uh, coaching youth hockey in Slovakia, were all watching the shootout at practice. And they went absolutely nuts. And I feel like this is the kind of thing that I want to see out of this men's tournament. And like, yes, of course I would like Canada to medal because it's, it's always fun to bring home they more won't. medals, but this <laughs> is an opportunity for the countries that don't get their due in the stacked tournaments to, you know, like win something and bring something back to their Federation and, and bring something back to the kids of that country to encourage them to play hockey. We talked earlier, uh, Patrick, about how much Germany was inspiring in the last Olympics, almost taking gold off of uh, Russia. You know, Slovakia could be that country this year. I had Slovakia as an outsider, uh, actually, before the, uh, before the tournament. I said it on uh, Locked on Canadians with Scott and Laura. And, and uh, it's a team I really like. And maybe they are... You know, benefiting a little bit. There are not that many Slovak players in, in in the NHL, so they have that level where they can play in KHL and SHL, and and obviously uh, the Slovak extra liga has has taken a big step forward. The development program has taken a bit step forward, as we have seen from 
you know, the the Simon Nemets and, and Juraj Slavkovsky coming up, even if Slavkovsky played in Finland. Uh, Slovan Bratislava has, I think, a 16-year-old play, playing with them right now. The youth program has really taken off. And as you mentioned, uh, kids sitting and seeing this, the penalty shootout, the, the game-tying goal, this will be their legacy to build from. And, and they want to be that guy going in to score that tying goal or, or putting that final uh, penalty in and... You know, it's funny, we, we think about Olympics and we think about penalties, and I'm bringing up something that is sore, obviously, for, for Canadians, but 94 in Lillehammer, where Forsberg, you know, scored that that Kent Nilsson, because Kent Nilsson did it earlier. Uh, so in Sweden, it's it's known as a Kent Nilsson move. Uh, but I remember, I think it was Quebec Nordiques that had practice, and they saw Forsberg do that, and they all went back out to the ice and started trying to do that move. And even, you know, professionals will look at this tournament and see what can they learn? What can they benefit from? And I think, you know, it was a great game. Um, US got the game exactly where they wanted. They Not 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 exactly because Uri Slavkovsky obviously scored first, but then US took the lead later on. And, and then they got these, you know, North American style of hockey, protecting the lead, um, being smart, uh, short shifts, you know, get the whistle early, uh, stuff like that and and almost held on uh three on three overtime for 10 minutes absolutely amazing young guys being played on both sides of, of, of the ice Yuri Slavkovsky I felt like he was on the ice for five minutes um who was it Benier as well from 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 US I think he was there all and had some both of them had good chances so you know like fair play to the coaches as well not holding you know the kids back maybe when everything else on the line yeah, absolutely. It's incredible to uh, to see the young kids get control and and get to make this tournament somewhat exciting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Slovakia can do here. And there's only one quarterfinal game left to play, according to the uh, bracket here on the CBC website, and that's Canada-Sweden this morning. For some reason, I thought the Canada-China game was a quarterfinal game, but I guess that was because they played China twice in a row. But I guess that was just a quirk in the schedule, and that was like a qualifying game. I'm, I'm the not eighth in... final. I think they they uh, let's call it a wild card game, like yeah. they do in in the NFL. Like some some teams go straight into quarterfinals, and some other has battled out another round. Yeah. So obviously, uh, we, I have to shout out some of the people in the chat here because uh, I'm hoping I'm saying your name correctly, but Pape Perhonen, uh, Happy Finn here. He says hello. Yes, you should be happy. Finland with a big win this morning, qualifying for the semis. Uh, that was that uh, is the favorite of the tournament. Yes, this uh, is. I would say that. Very interesting to see where that goes because I know coming into it, Russia was considered the favorite. But uh, as Patrick and I were talking about before that we started the show, they haven't really been playing up to expectations, but Finland has. And I mean, let's face it, uh, Finland faced a tougher team this morning than Russia did last night. In, uh, Denmark. And also, like fin fin Finland has the best coach available out of all the four co five coaches with Canada being there as well. They have the best coach by mile. So I think you know he's been there. He's been he's a legend in Finland. Jukka Jalonen. I've been trying to get an interview with him for like five years. Uh, but but seriously, he's he's a fantastic coach, and the Finnish players know it, and they will die for him. I think Finland will win this gold. Yeah, and this is like what we've been talking about. Uh, that this is kind of the the positive of these kinds of tournaments, and 
I, I'd like to see a, a team that doesn't regularly get a chance to play for gold or win gold, win gold. Of course, I want Canada to medal, but at the same time, I, I don't really care if they win gold or not. I know that the players in the team do, and uh, Hockey Canada does, and Olympics Canada does, but at the same time, this is... I think it's more fun if unexpected teams for a regular tournament take it home. And I, I just, I want to see some fun uh, comment here from Aaron Blackhouse saying, do you think they should eventually look at adding two more teams to the men's division? Like they did with the women's division for hockey. It would give more countries a chance to experience that. I feel like it was, it was, it's a missed opportunity to do it in this one. Obviously they didn't know going into the Olympics and the qualifications that the NHL wasn't going to play, but it does seem like it would have been again, more fun to add a bit more flavor internationally to these uh tournaments just uh, uh, the, the the one th- team that would have gone in if china was out would have been norway which is regularly there as well when it comes to world cups or world championships that you don't follow as much in north america as we do here but and then the what would be it would probably be france austria uh, that would be the 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 second team if you add two more teams they in, in they are usually involved in the world championships uh which might i know you don't follow it but it it comes around every year yeah in the middle of the world uh, in the middle of the nhl playoffs which sucks it's a bad timing uh, really yeah and uh so, so i think you know they they get the opportunity i think it's a missed opportunity because more people would have you know you want to see more teams in the olympics but yeah I think yeah. the, the main problem here is three groups where everyone goes through from to a play-in. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Pabe says, uh, nice pronunciation. Thank you. Hopefully I did it all right and was, didn't butcher it too bad. I, I do well with some pronunciations and some I just really struggle with. I feel like I'm, I'm good, like even with Russian names, like I was, there was a thread going on from Slava Malamud on Twitter a couple days ago that was talking about how uh, NBC has been butchering Russian names except for their people who are calling figure skating because people who are involved in figure skating put respect on Russia because they're so dominant in that in that sport and he was looking talking about like different conventions of Russian pronunciation and he talked about like uh, for a lot of North Americans calling Alex Semen Alex Semen whereas it's really Siomen and like that is one that I can pretty easily do. And then he talked about how the ZH uh, consonants create a G or like a J, like giraffe. And I was like, um, are you telling me all this time we've been calling Alexei Zamnov by the wrong name and he's actually Alexei Jamnov? What? What? Like, I We're studied just, Russian 32 years ago. I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he had a lot of them, right? And I was like, did we just not ask that guy for 13 years of his NHL career? Or was it, I feel like a, a lot of Russian players come over and they're like, just Americanize it. I'm tired of explaining it. Just figure it out. I don't care. Well, it's it, it's the same in a way because I can only speak from my personal experience. But while I prefer the English version of Bexel, which is a softer X, Whereas in Sweden, it would be Bexel, which is a harsher X. But also in Sweden, I'm Patrick, which is a longer mm. O sound, more or less. Whereas I'm always becoming Patrick and I don't change it. It's like if I'm going to South America and they call me Patricio, I don't worry about it. Like So at one point or another, you just go like, yeah, it's easier for them. It's fine. 
Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, I don't have as much experience of people mispronouncing my name. It's just they there's like two conventions. What Jerkshire? <laughs> yeah, well, that okay. That's not no, so much a mix, mispronunciation as a nickname. But I I like Jerkshire. People don't understand that one of my friends made that name up. So it's to me it's a term of endearment, even when people try to use it like an insult. But yeah, it's people will either say Berkshire or Berkshire because they say it at uh, Berkshire in the UK, and I don't really care. People can say it however they want. We say in my family we say Berkshire, but uh, you know, associate with the hobbits. That's my height anyway, so may as well do it. Another comment here: seeing Rivik and oh man, that's a tough one for me. Chalarek, Barak, Chalarek, yeah. Yeah. Uh, score made this Lexan fan very happy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fun to cheer for players that don't get a chance to do this every time, right? And that's something that's great about this tournament. I know I was a little bit down on it last show, but uh, that's really from the perspective of whether or not I'm invested in Canada winning, not necessarily whether or not the tournament itself is good. So uh, other things to talk about, obviously the Canadian men's curling team qualified by the skin of their teeth, while I believe uh, Russia and another team lost, allowing them to qualify. The Canadian women's curling team is looking to qualify today in a game, I believe, against China. So skin of their teeth, Canadians are trying to stay in the curling game, whereas uh, at least at least in the men's, I haven't I don't know who's atop the women's. I think it's I don't think it's Sweden in that one, but Sweden is crushing it in the men's. Swiss, correct, Swiss, Switzerland, I think is. Yes, that's the, who it is. Uh, Switzerland, yeah, and there's seven. They're usually so good in 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 women's curling as well. So, yeah, it's Switzerland is qualified. That's the only team that's qualified so far, um, because I actually updated the the. I'm just checking the website here, uh, and then the men's. Great Britain, Sweden, Canada, U.S., Canada, Sweden, and Great Britain are all qualified. U.S. China are doing a battle, and maybe Russia are doing battle for the last one. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting because there's kind of teams that are super dominant, like Great Britain and Sweden in the men's, and then there's this huge amount of parity between essentially third and seventh, where there's not much separating them, and everyone's kind of beating each other, and it's the same story in the women's, except for only Switzerland has been truly dominant and there's just parity between everyone so it's a very dynamic tournament in both the men's and women's curling teams so something to watch all those games right now are extremely high stakes it's uh super Japan is, is is on current fourth place in the women's tournament that's that's an that's a country i wouldn't have put there at the start of the tournament really shows yeah. me what i know about curling <laughs> i mean yeah i mean we all get to figure out uh, what's actually going on as it happens, right? And things like the Olympics, it's so, uh, everything changes so quickly, right? So like the Japanese curling team is also super fun to watch. I don't know if you had a chance to watch them. They're like so happy and in it while everyone else is like super intense. They're joking around and everything. So apparently they're a huge hit around Canada when they do like the different tournaments. So people like come specifically to watch them. So good on them. And I hope Canada qualifies, the, obviously. Uh, yeah. but- yeah, a little bit of a shout out. Something happened in the in the uh, uh, biathlon today as well. Um, and the Swiss skier on the first leg didn't finish the the, the first leg. Uh, she was taken away on a stretcher 
Uh, I tweeted mm. about it for, for the ones that follows me. Um, really scary incident. We didn't really get any updates. So I just hope that she's doing all right. It's always scary. I don't know if she fell or if it was the altitude and cold, but she, she they, they took her away on a stretcher. So um, yeah, there's some some stuff happening around the 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 different Olympic events, and we know that the um, altitude has been sort of a problem in in uh, in some events. Yeah, and the wind I think as well has been really bad. The wind on, factor, yeah, yeah, on on these alpine events and uh, cross country skiing, it's hard, you know, and you never want to see anybody get hurt. So hopefully they're okay. All right, so we'll get to some more hockey here because Canada played China uh one seven to two and that like obviously that's good for Canada Eric Stahl scored his first of the tournament uh, finally got in it but the guy who really has keyed them to victory has been Adam Tambellini five points against China in 15 minutes and 42 seconds two goals three assists five shots excellent game from him but I'm now looking at it and you know you don't want to be too negative but uh allowing two goals to China and you know, they did dominate them in shots 45 to 29, but still 29 shots against from China. It's very clear that this Canadian team is not a powerhouse, right? Like this isn't a normal tournament where the, the teams that are at the bottom of the rankings are just holding on for dear life. Yes. They're more talented, the Canadian team, but they are not able to control play against the, the bottom teams in the tournament in the way that an NA, a team full of NHL players would. So this is where you see things like the USA being heavily favored in America against Slovakia and bowing out in a shootout. It's not really that surprising. And the same thing is probably going to be true of Canada, who did most of their scoring in this game on the power play. Four out of eight on the power play. Uh, four goals on eight opportunities. So at even strength, the game was actually tied 1-1. Very tall, hey? It's a good thing that you're facing Sweden with arguably our worst coach of history in uh, Swedish ice hockey. So, yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Patrick. <laughs> I'm not happy with uh, Johan Garpenlev. I think he's been good as a general manager and, and uh, having a good relationship with the NHL players and, and getting them into world championships, et cetera, et cetera, where, which was his role in the earlier when Richard Granberg was, was coach. And Granberg relies heavily on his system, always done that. Great guy. I have an interview with him on, on Ice on the Price for uh, on, on that podcast. If you want to find it, listen to Granberg's ideas. But Garpenler was just brought in within the system of, of, of the organization. And having been an assistant coach, GM style sort of, and then goes into coach. And I, I can't see him coach. I never see him coach. And let's be honest, if Sweden... Uh, doesn't get to a medal game or, or get a medal here. And uh, it's going to be the worst coach in, in Swedish ice hockey history, I think. So big, uh, big expectations for Sweden in, in this game, essentially. The, they're expected to win from the perspective of Sweden? I would, uh, I'd say so, yeah. Um, I think it's closer, maybe because of the coaching. But I also think that, you know... Um, um, Matt Golgi uh, playing for Frelanda. He he knows Swedish the Swedish system well, and and he knows some of the players as well. Um, I think you know there are some borderline 
NHL players in in Sweden, where I don't see those borderline NHL players in 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 Canada. So yeah, there should be favorites, but yeah, it's it's Canada. Canada. I feel that Canada always overachieves in those kind of tournaments, and and uh, we have that Canadian ghost on the wall sometimes, where where you you think you're favorites, but suddenly you're not. Yeah, we'll we'll see if Canada can pull it out or or if Sweden pushes through. I find it super interesting. Um, obviously, the biggest story going into today uh, from a Canadian perspective or from an American perspective, which I think maybe not right at the second because of the time that we're pushing this out, but overall for SDPN is our biggest audience. The Canada versus USA women's hockey gold medal game is tonight at uh, eleven ten Eastern Standard Time. And to me, this is the event of the games and what I'm looking forward to the most. So I'm like a combination of excited and nervous because I've been saying for a week or so now that this is the best Canadian women's team ever. Uh, 2006, I know a lot of people think is the best team, but at the same time that 2006 team never had to play the USA, right? So they piled up goals. Sure. Not at the rate that these women have. And I think women's hockey is better now. You know, like it's been oh, what sixteen years? No, not that long, has it? Has it been yeah, it's been sixteen years since two thousand six. Yeah. That's crazy. That I don't like that. <laughs> two thousand six is a year after I graduated high school. But we become uh, very old quite fast, man. <laughs> yeah, it happens quick. You have kids, and then all of a sudden you're forty. I'm not there yet. I'll be thirty five in two days. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. Really exciting, but I don't want the USA to ruin this because I want my takes to stand up and hold. And I think this Canadian women's team is the best women's hockey team of all time. I have never seen an offense so dynamic and deep. They just get it done. They score their way out of trouble. And this time, it's not on the second half of a back-to-back, so I don't expect the American women to control the flow of play in the same manner that they did the last time these two teams met. Uh, it's it's going to be a great game. Um, I'm excited to watch it as well. It's uh, I, I probably set the alarm to watch it. Uh, to be honest, um, it is for, for good reasons. They put it on quite late uh, or, or quite early uh, China time, uh, China time, in order for it to to be visible for as many North Americans as possible while still having a decent time uh, to play it locally. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean. To be honest, if you look back through the Olympics, um, quite often the women's final has been more entertaining than the men's final. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like almost every time. <laughs> well, there is that 20... 20- in Torino, when Sweden and Finland played, I guess that wasn't interesting for you, but it was tied. No, I mean, like, it, it was Finland almost final. tied it with 20, 26 seconds to go. Uh, two golden generations for both teams, obviously, Selene and, and and everyone else on the Finnish team, and, and then obviously for Sundin and and, um, and Alfredson, etc. And obviously... Uh, and Forsberg. Lidstrom, for, Forsberg. Bowing out. I mean, like it's it, it was it was fantastic, fantastic final, and obviously the two two game in 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 Vancouver was also a fantastic game. Yes, uh, and Crosby winning in it over time. Uh, but on the other hand, when you look at it, well, the two thousand six final was probably not. You know, Sweden was there for women's, 
But if you look at it from, you know, 2010, that was a fantastic final. 2014 was a fantastic final. 2018, I, I, I don't think I've recovered yet. And and now we're going to get another one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 2018. And I just, nobody cares about a shootout. That's all. That's all I say. It was a tie. <laughs> it was a tie. Who wants to end it in a shootout? I feel like they should do, for a gold medal game, they should do continuous overtime. I Like, I wouldn't have liked it in 2010 if they'd wanted a shootout. I wouldn't have liked it if Canada won in the shootout. Like the shootouts have their place. I don't think they should be in. Like, I mean, a, it's only one game to go. I mean, like there's no yeah. more games after. Exactly. You don't have a schedule to keep. So yeah, you can have a continuous shootout. On the other hand, the 10, I mean, like it finished in a draw, so it went to penalties anyway, but the 10 minute uh, three on three overtime was fantastic today. And I, 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 I mean, like I wouldn't mind that going to 20 minutes either, but I can understand for, for the team that goes through that they don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, that that is what I've heard from like NHLers as well is that like the idea of longer three on three after a full sixty minute game and like it sounds good, but to them they're like we are tired. Let's just finish this. It's- well, it's probably finished after you know you, you you probably finish it in fifteen minutes anyway. Yeah, maximum. Yeah. So yeah, although NHL coaches f- have found ways to make three on three far less entertaining than it used to be. So indeed, if you make if that have. longer, I'm sure it'll get more defensive. Unfortunately, they find their ways. Uh, let's see here. Andrew making Adam work on his birthday. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to work on my birthday Friday morning. But at the same time, Friday is my last early wake up day. So that works out pretty nicely. And then that night, I believe there's uh, a men's hockey game i think no maybe not because they play today yeah no it should be on friday so there should be a semi-final or yeah semi-final game on friday so that'll be something to look forward to and uh somebody says no shootout for a gold medal this year geez i hope not and uh i'm really looking forward to that game i think that the potential for greatness between canada usa is always there and if it's not them like patrick said like i mean sweden finland is a Fantastic. I'd love to see Sweden, Finland in the final for the men's. I don't think it can happen though, right? The way they have the bracket set up. I don't know. Um, I, I don't I think it don't can. Know. I think they've, if they both w- w- move on, if Sweden beats Canada, I think they face Finland next unless they recede. But this, yeah, but this is the, the stupid thing. You should not be able, and I've, I know it happened in the football world cup as well. If you end up go out of the different groups or from the same group, you shouldn't be able to play each other until the final again. Yeah, I'm looking how they have it set up now, and it'll be uh, Russia versus Slovakia in the semifinal, and whoever wins, Canada, Sweden versus Finland. That's they're not going to recede. So unfortunate, but that's the way it would be. But well, you know what? It's not. It's not. It's not a hockey game, uh, a hockey tournament until Sweden have played Finland. This is true. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see Canada move on past the quarterfinal, but at the same time, I would not mind seeing Sweden Finland in the semifinal. That would be super fun. But, and then you have the underdog on the other side you, that, you know, uh, most neutrals will, will obviously cheer for Slovakia at that point. Yes, 100%. I mean, Slovakia slaying the Russian dragon would be fantastic. Yeah, Roberts is so close to the finish line. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to a normal sleep schedule, but I am enjoying doing this show. It's still fun. But uh, about the women's game, do you have a prediction, Patrick? Well, I'm not going to be allowed into the eyes on the prize chat if I don't say Canada, so I have to. <laughs> well, there, Scott, Scott works there. He's American. 
Yeah, but he, he it's the same thing. He can't say anything about Canada either. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, jokes aside, I, I yeah, I, I think Canada will win it. Uh, offensive, they've, they've been very well. And hearing Jared speaking on, on the show the other day uh, really convinced me that defense have maybe not been tested as much, but it looks super strong. And and if you have those two things going together, you just need you just need an average goalie performance, and you're through. Yeah, I think that Canada is going to win, and I'm going to call the score as five to two. Throwing back to 2002 in Salt Lake in the men's tournament, I think there's a this Canadian team just their scoring punch is so incredible. It's hard. I know one game anything can happen, but it's just so hard to think of them losing because of how deadly they've been, and they just seem to even when they do get in a little bit of trouble, it's like all of a sudden bang, 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 they score three goals and. I just, I can't bet against them. I think they're going to win gold and I'll be absolutely ecstatic if they do. The only thing that, you know, US getting the first goal, nerves comes into it. Yes. Then that is probably the, the, the pothole on the road. Yeah. hundred percent. Although the US did get a lead the last game and they were tired and it was like, that's when they woke up. So, but, 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 but on the other hand, there was no medal on the line at that this point. This is true. This is true. Although, the, I don't know, like they just have so many players who've been there before, right? Like maybe some of the younger got, girls get uh, a little bit nervous, but I think they've got enough leadership on that team that they'll probably be all right. Uh, yeah, someone says, as I, long I as... they only a pothole. I didn't say it was a lot yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have to convince me, Andrew. I, I've already said Canada. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm just convinced. I'm convincing myself. Is the thing is I don't want to be wrong here and I want them to win. Uh, Robert says, as long as MPP scores, I'll be happy. Well, I and mean, we all know Mary Philippe Poulain is going to score. She needs three to tie Haley Wickenheiser all time. So hat trick, uh, hat trick, Mary Philippe Poulain in the gold medal Hopefully game. In the shootout, right? <laughs> in the shootout, yeah. God, I hope not. Yeah. So Aaron Blackhouse says, MPP scoring in the gold medal game is tradition. Yeah, it is. She is the absolute clutch performer. She's going to do it. The Canadian women are going to do it. All right, we'll close it off there. Uh, before we uh, end the stream, Patrick, as always, tell everybody where they can find your work, and uh, we'll Gold see. for Sweden in the biathlon. Come on. Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you find me at, at Eyes on the Price. That's where Andrew hired me uh, or, or told Mark Dumont to hire me a few years ago, and I'm still there. I like it too much. Awesome. And tomorrow morning, we will be recapping the gold medal game between Canada and the U.S. And we will be joined by Erica Lindsay Ayala again. And if he wakes up this time, Mikey Stevens is supposedly going to make his debut on Game Over International. And we're probably going to circle back to Patrick on Friday. Does that sound good, Patrick? That's all right. I'm always <laughs> available. I have a um, some some things I have to do for uni as I'm studying, but otherwise I'll, I'll take 30 to 40 minutes off and, and chat to you guys. It's always great. Perfect. All right, guys, 